Hello and welcome to the I Should Probably Change podcast. This week, we're going to be digging into what it means to have a habit of reading, or maybe the better word is engaging with the Bible. Before I started this podcast, I wrote down a list of the kind of questions people ask me, whether that was in person or in online spaces. And one of the things that people often ask me about is how is the best way or what is the best way to read the Bible or kind of some variation of that. That question often comes from a place of frustration because they've been struggling with finding a good habit or rhythm. So today I want to explore this topic. Warning up the top is that I love the Bible. Someone once joked that no matter what subject um, or Bible passage I was given to speak on, that I would always end up with encouraging people that reading their Bible was the answer. Um, that that's always the place where I landed. So yes, today I'm definitely going to end up by saying, read your Bible, just do it. But my hope is that over the next few minutes, we will go on a journey to explore why some of the messaging around quiet times and reading your Bible is unhelpful. We'll think about why we should even bother with the Bible. And finally, I want to get practical with how we can make the Bible an exciting, life-giving part of our lives. So if you're up for that, then keep listening. Whenever I've had the joy of mentoring younger Christians, one of the questions I always ask is, how are you spending time with God? We'll talk about worship and prayer, going to church or small group, and they'll tell me, you know, what things they're enjoying about that. But then we'll get to the Bible and they'll respond with some version of, I should be reading my Bible more, or I'm not reading my Bible enough, or I can't seem to find time for the Bible. When I hear this, I, what I often hear is something else, legalism. Legalism is the idea that I need to add my own hard work to the gospel to make myself acceptable to God. I know myself that reading my Bible can so quickly become a job on a tick list that makes me a better Christian or, or at least a less guilty one. <laughs> Many of us come to the Bible and particularly to the act of personal study with feelings of guilt. Like we're not good enough or overwhelmed. We don't know where to start. We know that desiring to get to know God through the Bible is a right and important thing to do, but a lot of us end up at the Bible because we know it's something we should do rather than something that we long to do. Unless we spend time unpacking why we want to be in the Bible, it'll simply remain another good pursuit that we should do because, you know, that's what Christians do. So why do we read the Bible? Well, there's two main reasons. For relationship and for truth. So let's have a look at relationship. The Bible is God's story told through his people. God is the main character. Recently, I've been highlighting the name of God every time it appears as I read through the Bible. And I can tell you, he's in it a lot. <laughs> he's the main character. So if we want to know him, knowing his story is the best place to start. We all know, don't we, that those who know us best are often the people who we've had shared experiences with. Those shared experiences give us the space to get to know each other in deeper ways. Back in 2009, uh, a group of eight of us did a trip through France and the men cycled and the women set up the tents and spent lots of lovely hours driving through French countryside and sitting in French cafes. Nowadays, I'd probably be keen to be the one on the bike, but back then I was definitely happy to be the support convoy. We all knew each other pretty well before we set off, but as we travelled together, we got to see how each of us responded in different situations. 
You know, we saw who could cope with early mornings. We saw how each of us responded to pressure, who was happy to stop and pause and who just wanted to get to the next stop. Now, that shared experience, that time given to one another, helped us to know each other more. The Bible is the way we get a shared experience with God. When I look through my Bible and see the notes I scribbled months or years ago, I see the story of God interwoven into my story. Each time I read his word, I get to know him. That means coming to the Bible with a heart posture that isn't natural to us. For those of us brought up in the West, we more often than not come to the Bible with the attitude of what does this tell me about me? This way of thinking would have been very unfamiliar to our Eastern brothers and sisters when they held the scriptures in their hands. Their question was always, what does this tell me about God? This is a fundamentally different starting place and more helpful as it directs us towards what the Bible is saying rather than what we would like it to say. Of course, we look for God to speak to us through it, but we start from the place of entering into his story of getting to know him before we ask him to tell us about ourselves. So that's the first reason we come to the Bible, to invest in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, to know his heart and his character, to know his story. And secondly, we come on the hunt for truth. Now, even saying the word truth in this day and age feels controversial. We live in a world where the secular worldview is growing ever dominant and that worldview says that there is no ultimate truth or authority outside of ourselves. We find our own truth, an answer to our own morality. When it comes to what is moral and right, as long as your truth doesn't hurt anyone else, then it's valid. To suggest that you would put yourself under the authority and moral framework of an external truth is seen as at best quaint and quirky, or at worst seen as downright offensive and dangerous. And herein lies the problem for Christians. Because we believe and are putting our faith in a God who gives us truth, which is not rooted in our own hearts and minds, but is rooted in God's standards and rules of play for the world he created. And these standards are communicated through the Bible. This puts us at odds with the world. And we see Christians in the church responding, I think, in one of three ways to move towards culture, to make truths in the Bible, you know, less offensive. We can play down in an attempt to make it more palatable or even completely change key kind of historical tenets of the faith. Or secondly, the church can choose to put its head down to say, this is our truth and leave everyone else to it. Not speaking up, not, you know, not making, making sure not to be offensive to anyone. It's the you do you and I'll do me mentality. Thirdly, and finally, the church can decide to hold the truth and to hold the ground. Deciding to be unashamed of pointing towards truth. The church can speak confidently that it believes all humanity is being called into a relationship with its creator and that that relationship calls for belief in an absolute truth, a truth that is unchanging. Now, don't get me wrong, <laughs> this can be done well or very, very badly. You know, let's face it, it's also the starting block of extreme fundamentalism and religious bigotry, which is not a road that any of us would want to go down. The challenge comes because I am in culture. (laughs) 
it is the water that I swim in. You know, and I'm not naive enough to believe that I'm not influenced by hundreds of opinions every day. And more than that, I know I'm influenced by the worldview and the ideals and the morality of my culture. And that's not all bad. (laughs) What we need is a way of knowing whether something is right or not. And I know I can't rely on my own feelings, my own gut, my past experiences or my personality to give me the answers because those things are changeable and not to be trusted a lot of the time. What I need is an external source to hold everything up to. I need a set of scales on which to weigh decisions. In Ephesians 6, Paul describes the armour of God that God gifts his uh, followers. One item is the belt of truth. And I recently heard the preacher Priscilla Shearer unpack this passage and I found it really helpful. She explained that the belt of a Roman soldier was the first thing he put on. It was a wide belt that wrapped around his torso and the primary function of that belt was to strengthen his core. You know, think of the huge belts that um, pro wrestlers or boxers often wear. That belt gave support so that he could stand firm in battle. The belt was also where the other bits of armour and weaponry attached. The belt was what held it all together. God's word, the Bible, is that belt. Paul is saying that God's word is able to strengthen us. God's word is able to hold us together. God's word helps us stand firm. Without it, we're more vulnerable to attack. And we find ourselves unable to stand firm when the storms of life or the culture we're swimming in starts to take over us. You know, I know this to be true over and over in my life. I can see points where I've been facing temptations or struggles and a truth from the Bible has come to mind. I can also think of times when I have let those struggles overtake me because I haven't trusted and believed God's word. We read the Bible and get to know God so that we have his truth standard to hold everything up to. So when someone says, this is my truth, we can hold it up to God's word and we know if God agrees or not. Or we face a situation where we have the opportunity to get ahead in work at the cost of a colleague And we're reminded that in Romans, we read that we are to be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. We're feeling worried about a difficult situation. And rather than giving to fear or rather than trying to take control, we remember Philippians 4 and we read, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And even though we may feel anxious and worried, we command our souls towards thanksgiving. The Bible is our belt. It strengthens our core. It enables us to keep going. It's the primary vehicle for knowing our Heavenly Father. And that's our why. That's the reason we come to the Bible each day. It's not a lifeline. It's a lifeline, sorry. It's it's not an obligation. So I'm convinced that reading the Bible is important. But also, I know that the physical act of reading the Bible can be tough to start and even harder to continue. You know, have you ever opened your Bible and thought like, where do I start? Well, me too. (laughs) And I have a confession to make. Until recently, I have always struggled to be consistent in my Bible reading. I've started more reading plans than I can care to admit, especially in January. And as I speak to friends, I I realise that I'm very much not alone here. So let's talk for a moment about how to stay consistent. 
Well, firstly, we, we need to find a way of engaging with the Bible. And so often we can assume that there's only one way, but there are so many ways. And I want to share pretty quickly just five ways that we can engage with the Bible. You, but you could definitely get more creative than this. But let's just go through these five sort of main ways that you might engage with the Bible. So firstly, number one, a Bible plan. You know, this is the kind of most DIY option where you just use a plan to read through passages of the Bible, a book or the whole Bible. You know, I really like doing um, a Bible in a year plan as it helps me read bits of the Bible um, that they otherwise would probably just skip over. So that's the first thing, just reading through the Bible with a Bible plan. Number two is a Bible study, getting help. You know, there's so many study guides, books, and this can be a really great way to get to kind of really get into a particular book without feeling completely lost in it by yourself, to have some guidance. During lockdown at the beginning of 2020, um, there was a, a messianic Jewish organization that was providing a weekly free study on Leviticus, which I did. And I learned so much. And I actually even ended up loving Leviticus, which was never a book that I'd like really dared to kind of study before. But using that kind of external study support can help us understand and love the Bible more and, and gain insight from other people. The third thing would be to listen to the Bible. You know, some people really struggle with reading, so audio Bibles are a great option from, you know, the hip-hop Bible through to hearing David Suchet read it out. There's so many different ways of, of accessing really great audio recordings now. I guess my only um, caveat with that would be to resist the urge only to do this as a, a way of squeezing, you know, Bible reading into your busy day. Because throughout the Psalms, we're instructed to meditate on scripture, to really let it seep into us. And this requires some undivided attention. So by all means, listen to the Bible while you're cleaning, you know, working or driving. But maybe also try sitting still for a moment and giving all your attention to God's word. Fourthly, kind of leads me on to meditation. Again, there's lots of different ways to meditate on scripture. One traditional way is a method called Lectio Divina, um, which is a method of contemplating on one passage. Um, it's not Bible study, it's contemplation. I use an app called uh, Live for Breast, which is a free app, which is excellent. And it's full of lots of meditations on different themes um, and passages from scripture. And I found that really useful. And fifth and finally, Bible writing. This is where you write out a passage of scripture by hand every day. I'm going to dwell on this for a little bit longer than the other ones because I wish that someone had introduced me to this idea sooner. Because we know there's so many benefits from writing by hand. We retain information more. There's studies to show that it engages our brains in a more active and full way and, and that it often sparks creativity. And after the first week of writing, I realised that I had never written out a chunk of the Bible before. I had written, you know, the odd verse in a card or something. and But mostly I just copied and pasted it on a computer. I don't even need to type it out these days. I can just go on Bible Gateway. So I hadn't ever seen the Bible in my own hand. And there is just something about seeing God's word written in our own hand that can speak more powerfully to us. When I began doing this, I found that it was a habit that I could really stick with. And you can find plans kind of online, um, all over the place if you search Bible writing plan. But I actually have an advent plan um, that I'll be sharing on social media this week. So if you'd 
like to give that a go, then do just head over to my Instagram account um, or my blog because I've just found it so helpful that last year I put together a plan for other people to give it a go. So if you fancy trying that, um, I love Bible writing and I find it a way of A, staying awake in the morning so that I can actually <laughs> read the Bible awake because I am writing. Um, but I've also found it just sparking like a different kind of relationship with God as I write in my own hand his words. So there's five ideas. Uh, we've talked about Bible plan, a Bible study, listening to the Bible, meditation, and Bible writing. But whichever you choose, come expectant, you know, play, um, play with it, try different things, but pray before you begin. Ask God to meet with you, to be with you as you read or listen, as you meditate or write, and pray at the end. Give thanks to God for his word um, before you go into your day, even if it's been hard and dry. And in fact, especially then, you give thanks that God's word is that solid rock, even when we're really shaky. And I want to finish this podcast with just what a, a couple of things that might stop us from reading the Bible. Firstly, a break in consistency. You know, there's lots of reasons why we might not end up reading or engaging with our Bible every day. You know, illness, holidays, a change in routine. Firstly, I would say anticipate change. If you're going on holiday, decide that you might lie in the morning, but you might read a few passages before bed or while you're sat in the sun. You know, holidays um, used to be the time when my Bible reading would totally go off kilter, but now I find it to be quite a fruitful time because I have more space, you know, to listen to what God is saying and maybe just mull over a few verses if I keep showing up and secondly it's okay to start again it's not about trying to keep a perfect scorecard you know I do love a perfect scorecard and a streak but it's not about that and I keep telling myself that you know if you show up today God's not asking where you were yesterday the other thing that might stop us is not enjoying it but I would say just keep you know pressing in um with writing this podcast the word days when I didn't want to sit down and write and record but there is a discipline of just keeping going you know it's a discipline and there are not always it's not always all joy <laughs> anything creative takes a certain degree of pushing through the discomfort you know the days when it feels like hard work and not all joy and I'm not sure there is a more creative pursuit than getting to know God through his word so that we can be fully alive in his world that is worthwhile. It's a worthwhile creative endeavor. And we should expect things sometimes to be a wrestle. And I like to remind myself of Isaac's wrestle with God. He says, I will not let go until you bless me. And that's the attitude I want to come to God with when I feel the wrestle, when I'm apathetic, when I'm tired. I want to say to God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep opening my Bible until I get breakthrough. You know, sometimes that wrestle will last a few minutes sometimes a month, maybe even years, but our job is to keep showing up. And maybe we need to look at you know, how we're showing up. Maybe we need to approach God's word in a different way, to mix it up, to drop the Bible in a year plan and pick up a new study. You know, there are lots of options open to us. But I know over the years, I've certainly ignored those and instead just opted for checking out. And it's always harder to start a habit once you've stopped. In Gretchen Rubin's book, Better Than Before, she explores how people can create change in their lives. She highlights that people fall into four categories depending on whether or not they're motivated by internal or external factors and how we respond to those motivations. She says that many people can only sustain change when they have a motivation outside of themselves. It's why some people will um, 
maybe will never miss a group run, but will rarely run alone. They need um, that external motivation of letting others down to incite change. Whereas other people can set an internal target and reach it, they only need the motivation of letting themselves down to cause them to get out of bed and to run each morning. Now, obviously, some people are a mix of both, which is what she goes ac in, um, across when she, she calls the four tendencies. But when it comes to reading the Bible, if you find it hard to keep going, maybe having an external motivation would be helpful. You know, a reading plan with a friend, joining a Bible reading Facebook or simply giving a friend permission to ask, you know, how are you finding your times in the Bible recently? That could be your game changer. And so that was a lot of information, a lot of thoughts, but I hope today you've been encouraged to just to do something, to find the joy, to expect it to change, that each season will be different from the next, but to really focus on the why um, as you approach the Bible, like why are you doing it? Why are we coming to the Bible? Are we looking for that relationship and truth or are we simply trying to tick off something on a to-do list? I have found so much joy in finding a regular pattern of meeting with God through his word. And I hope today that this um, podcast has encouraged you to maybe just try something different or just can I be the friendly person in your ear that says just keep going, stick at it. Some days it will be hard, but it is worth investing and showing up because God will always show up and he will always meet you in the end. And so don't don't lose heart. <laughs> Keep going. Um, it is worth it. Thank you for listening. Please do subscribe to this podcast. This is my last episode of this season and I'm hoping to be back in the new year with a new season. Thank you for listening and until next time, let's keep looking for where God is leading us so that we can make steps towards intentional living one change at a time.